0: These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
2: Welcome to The Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts,
0: B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative it's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view we appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything but you're right here with us so we thank you with you today is yours truly and with me today surprise surprise the crew is back together again I'm talking about my one and only crew comprised of these fine gentlemen joining me over the interwebs. They're not here physically, but I'm going to go ahead and run them down. You know them well. My boy DT Dave, my boy cousin Damo, host of the Raw Sex Podcast every week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, pick a day when it comes out. And of course, our boy J.O. Gentlemen, 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 it is a pleasure to be back with all of you today. What is going on? Yeah, it was a yeah. yeah. yo, man, I'm, <laughs> yo, let me tell you something, man, I'm glad to have y'all back on here with me. It's awesome, man. These last, I think it's been probably since last year, since all of us were together doing an episode, to tell you the truth, man. Things got crazy at the end of last year. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> things have been happening, man. Stuff has been going on behind the scenes. You know, we had everything from. The end of this year, stuff changing in our personal lives. Then also COVID hit and then everything went to hell. So we had to take a little bit of break, man. Me and Domo have been going strong, doing raw sex ever since he up and went on assignment off the grid. So we're still doing raw sex. Things have still been happening there. Me and Jay did a few episodes earlier this year. Uh, I think we did Poison Jay. And then also, I think we also did uh, with Tupac, Me Against the World and Black Rob but ever since then man I've been flying solo so I'm so glad to have y'all back I know the listeners are gonna be glad to have y'all back so let's get this thing kicked off man I'm glad to have y'all man once again we want to make sure that we tell y'all continue to support the vault and all the platforms out there as we always say here on the vault classic music reviews hashtag nothing but the classics hashtag open the vault or hashtag MBTC we like to get into this right now we have a great album lined up for you right now an all-timer, a pure classic here with Slum Village out of Detroit and their second studio album, Fantastic Volume 2. 20 years ago today, gentlemen. So released on June 13, 2000, Slum Village, the rap trio, consisting none other than T3, Botan, and the late, great, legendary James David Yancey, a.k.a. J.D., a.k.a. J. Dilla, who comprised this album may he rest in peace absolutely so we have this album that has come out released and recorded mostly between 1997 and 98 came out on good vibe records produced by jd all the tracks on here were produced by jd by dilla but there were also contributions on here by pete rock and also d'angelo this was the second album that they had Fantastic volume number one came out in 1998 on A&M Records and then the out, the out label itself actually shut down. They didn't have a deal done. But during this time is when JD actually worked with a few artists. He worked with Common, Busta Rhymes, Erykah Badu, Tribe Called Quest. Dilla famously was a uh, big part of the Common classic album Light Water for Chocolate, which was released earlier this year in March. And classic. Common also did a guest appearance by way of the track Delonious, which also was on Light Water for Chocolate. Dilla was a big part of those Soul query and recording sessions that were done at their Electric Lady studio, which helped shape Light Water for Chocolate, Voodoo by D'Angelo, and then also Erykah Badu's Mama's Gun. So this was their second studio album, and at this point, people were starting to check for them. So, June thirteenth, two 2000, 20 years ago from Slum Village, and guys, it's a little interesting me watching All of the respectives that came out, it was actually as of yesterday was their 20th anniversary of the releasing of this album. And just to see the people reminiscing about this album and the things that it did and uh, the feeling that it gave them kind of brought back a lot of memories to me. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into the album. Just talk about where we were and the things that you thought about it when you first heard it. So I'm actually going to go to Dave because I know Dave is an SV enthusiast and he loves Dilla just about as much as I do, if not more. So I'll go to Dave, man. Just your initial reaction when you first heard the album. What's your thoughts about it, listening to it back then and even now, going into the reviewing of it this week?
1: I stumbled upon this joint. Uh, I was at the Hagerstown Outlets way back in the day. And we was at a music store. And so I'm walking around. I'm looking for albums and stuff that I haven't heard before. And I see this one CD called Slum Village Fantastic Volume 2. And I'm like, oh, you know, let me. And I'm looking through the track list, and then I see Thelonious on there with Common. And I was like, oh, this was on Like Border for Chocolate. I better check this out. Man, I got home, and I put that thing, put my headphones on, put that thing on blast. And I had it on VP for almost a week. Going through it and listening to it again, it just brought back so many memories. Just literally sitting in my room with my headphones on. And I'm just like, man, it was like one of the best albums that I think I heard that year, and it's also in my top 25 of all time, so mm. it's a really, really special album. Really special.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Jay, I'll ask the same thing to you about, you know, what your impressions was when you first heard it, and then listening
2: to it this week, what you thought as well. I know it came out, like, June 2000, but actually I didn't cop. I, I should say I didn't hear it so like, much later, but it was funny because, like, you know, by this time I was at Morgan, and I don't know if you remember, Brian, but do you remember when Aaron Magruder came up to the school and spoke? I do. I remember that when he came Cut. up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from so Boondocks, like, um, the creator of the Boondocks. Right. Right. Yeah. And like um. so basically after that, he did, a they, I guess he did, did an interview with the spokesman, you know, the school paper in Morgan. I remember and that. He was too. talking about, like, you know, how underground hip hop gets, you know, overlooked. and so about commercial hip hop. He said, like, I love Slum Village and most people have never heard of Slum Village. so. You know, I kind of took it upon myself, like, to check it out. Didn't actually get a chance to copy, it, but I heard it in the past with other people that I knew had it. And, you know, it was definitely refreshing to listen to because I think in 2000, you got to remember around that time, it was, like, you know, it was more so about Cash Money and Rough Riders or it was about, like, you know, the raucous movement. And I feel like that was kind of, like, in between because they had, like, you know, they had lyrics. But, I mean, that was, it was still about, like, you know, just partying, getting the ass, but in the more in a more polished way I could say. You know what I mean? As far as like how they delivered it. Yeah. You know, basically, so that was my vibe with them back then, especially like, you know, with um all the lyricism definitely, you know, Jay Dill's production, which I say which I just say like definitely should get more get more respect than what it does. I mean, I know like us in this circle, we all know about Jay Dill's production, but it just to me it doesn't get the same recognition say like, you know, uh a Primo or Kanye or somebody like that. But, you know, especially I really get that feeling listening to it now it just really shows that his production stood the test of time and then you just think about you know what all of what they offered as far as you know lyricism and even like with the detroit hip-hop scene too because you got to think back in 2000 yeah it was more so like people just thinking about eminem and maybe royce to five nine but it just offered that sound as well and i don't really think people giving up give them enough credit for that sound too so yeah you know definitely you know, definitely some heavyweight contenders there in the game of hip-hop overall it's interesting
0: you mention that because the detroit hip-hop scene right around that time turn of the century right into the new millennium was popping you talked about eminem he had come out with the slim shady lp the marshall mathers lp people were just starting to find out about d12 people were just starting to find out about royce the 59 and then you have dilla in mm-hmm. the whole slum village clique, which then brought to light not only just them but then a future slum village member in Elzi, and a future Slum Village uh, affiliate in Black Milk. So you had a lot of different Mm -hmm. things that came out of here. The Detroit hip-hop scene was popping at that time. Within those years, like 99 to 2002, 2003, you had the Eminem show come out. You had the 8 Miles thing come out. D12 came out with an album. People started to expand into Dilla, and I think this was the album really that got Dilla out there in the stratosphere. Like People knew about him in the industry, but they had never heard a Dilla-produced album until this album, and that's when I think everybody mm. sort of opened up. It's like, whoa, this dude did a whole album of twenty tracks, of just some bangers, you know, right. like flawlessly produced. So definitely, thanks for for mentioning that, Jay. So, Domo, I'll go to you. Just your reactions when the first time you heard this album, and what you think about it now after listening to it this past week.
3: you mofo, mm-hmm. Brian David left me at Bowie High School, so I was <laughs> still <sit> <laughs> there. <laughs> 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 and uh, it was the end of school year of course you know June so uh, you, of course you know our favorite buddy PJ <laughs> this is his vibe right here so Paves. he oh he, did you get that song yeah, I was like right? no Cause listen, listen, listen to this listen to this was like ah yeah, okay, I'll check it out. let me see your let me see your C D and I'll bring it back. <laughs> <If> you <laughs> got Let me see it. Let me go home and you know, y'all new y'all kids are never going the C D. Let me burn this jam. <laughs> <laughs> I'll burn it to you and bring it back tomorrow. I so burn the jam listen to it right. I was like, okay, I said, all right it's alright I see wait well, you know of course you understand what you say with Dave and Jay Della cause every time I talk to Dave Dave talking about Jay Della yeah <laughs> yeah but yep <laughs> yeah back then it was it, yeah it was top. I listened to it, it refresher this week um, I don't know this day, listen to it again we gonna wait till we get there <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and nah man i hear you well i mean this this came out about a week after me and dave graduated so um i definitely understand that that's one thing i kind of wish i would have been back at the lunch table for i wish i would have been back at the lunch table to discuss that with p and chris and jamal and the rest of the crew that was there that used to listen to and dissect hip-hop albums back in the day but my reaction when listening to it when i first heard it I was put onto it right when I was going into school and I had known JD and know Dilla's work, but I really wasn't familiar with some slum village until I listened to Thelonious. And of course that was one of the standout Mm -hmm. tracks on like water for chocolate, but listening to it, I was just listening like, damn man, like why this track? It almost feels like this production on this is like a mix of what you get from a tribe called quest to what you get with Pete rock. It was almost like that's what Dilla was Mm -hmm. doing. And Dilla, Famously a part of the UMA, which was the production trio of Q-Tip, Ali Shaheen Muhammad, and Jay Dilla. He worked on Beats, Rhymes, and Life in the Love Movement. And then we all know what Pete Rock's influence on Jay Dilla was in in producing. I mean, Dilla pretty much took and patterned his production style largely off of Pete Rock. And he even is a guest spot and also has a guest production spot here on one of the tracks on this album so it was interesting to sort of listen to it but I was feeling it I wasn't really familiar with Vatan and T3 but you know listening to this I got a little bit more familiar with them and listening to it coming up this week I was really struck just again every time I listen to this album by what the production sounds like and the production Uh to me is a standout because it's Dilla but then I think that his production sort of elevates the level of the album because it feels as though, while you're not going to get, I mean, you're going to get solid emceeing. It's not going to be exceptional. It's not going to be out of this world. But it's almost like, it literally is like a hand in a glove. It fits basically to the style of what the rest of the group of Slum Village was doing. It really was the soundtrack to what their rhymes were. And that's what I think to me is, elevates this album to another level. Is that it took about above average emceeing and made it seem excellent. So that's the way I, that's the way I, can, so, I can sort of put it. When listening to this but the guest spots on here cute tip on hold tight tell me by d'angelo which is a smooth smooth ass track what's yeah. it all about by buster ron fourth and back with corrupt and then there's also once upon a time which was featured pete rock which he co-produced and then thelonious by common which also showed up on like water for chocolate so those are my thoughts oh, on you, there you
1: got it you got it you got you to gotta mention, I don't know, man, with Jazzy Jeff scratching. Man. I don't, that, you that know what? Right
0: good was, good catch right there. <laughs> See, and this is the reason why I love having y'all back, because I would have missed that if I was recording that myself. I don't know about Jazzy Jeff. Yes, who, by the way, when we talk about DJs, when it comes to stuff on the turntables, when it comes to mixing and scratching, I put Jazzy Jeff up against any DJ in the world, historically. Like, yeah. you know, you could talk Absolutely. Primo, Kid Capri, anybody else, any of the great, DJ hip-hop DJs out there when it comes to I mean they don't call the dude the magnificent for nothing he truly is a pioneer on those turntables when it comes to scratching mixing and cutting so we're going to get into it now we're going to go through highlights uh lowlights and then anything else that you liked as far as your favorite song between then and now so I'll actually go ahead and I'll start with Jay so Jay what were your highlights lowlights and then your favorite track then and now on this fantastic volume
2: two? I guess I got to say is, no. You know, I can start with my um, highlights of um, the song Climax. I know the alter- alternative type was girlship, but like mm-hmm. that kind of just took me back to again, like Morgan days, like um, just because of how smooth that track was. And just like, you know, I mean, the whole album was like just a whole vibe. I don't know, just like the smoothness yeah. of that track and the lyricism and the flow and everything like back then. I mean, what I still think holds up now. Along with that, I was um, enjoying the train Jealousy. Because, I mean, as, all, as you know, we all get older. I mean, we experience people that may not want to see us realize our true potential. So, you know, it's starting to reign mm-hmm. more and more supreme as we get older, even now in all our late 30s. I mean, like, you know, and um uh, trying to think what else. Connaught Gardens, I, I'm probably not mispronouncing, like, the um, track number two, Conna- Connaught Gardens. As far yeah, Connaught Gardens. Connaught Gardens, yes. like um, Connaught Gardens. Represent- But it like, you know, repping where they from and everything like that. And I mean, another thing to introduce people to like the Detroit scene, as far as like, you know, basically more than just eight Mile. you know, I don't don't think eight Mile is a big thing at this time, but just giving more to the landscape of Detroit and what they had to offer as far as, you know, talent. I mean, Detroit's always been a musical town, but as far as like specifically hip hop and just everything that's off with that. uh, Gotta put this out there, you know, people may disagree, but I, I really feel like, um, fourth and back could have been left on the cutting room floor that's just my opinion <laughs> <laughs> just my opinion <laughs> oh man. It's, there, it. man it's your boy corrupt on there man it's your boy corrupt on there Dare you gonna leave
0: know, it on the cutting know. floor
3: know. man
2: yeah <laughs> I mean I mean even the interjecting me even the technically remember you know, West Coast rap <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh. i mean it's some it's some joints that even like you know corrupt can't make good or even i even no, that's that, that's, a, that's another podcast i ain't gonna say that one but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but like we were going amicably let me see um songs i slept on back then like Fall in Love, Get This Money, CB4, like, mm-hmm. and I found myself, like, repeating, like, listening to those more and more, like, you know, even as we got ready for this podcast as far as like, listen to those. So, yeah, I have to say those, like, were the ones, like, the ones that really stood out to me and, like, going back to the cutting room floor thing as far as, like, that track. But other than that, I mean, yeah, that'd be it for me, so. Domo, what's your what's your highlights, lowlights, and favorite tracks
0: then and now?
3: Well, hold tight with you tip Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. To tell me D'Angelo, those two, even then and now, was still my top two that I love. You know, you could say them, but we already heard that before, so I really, I'm gonna agree with Jay. You know, the album is a vibe for real. It ain't, and maybe because you know, I I really never was a big weed smoker. The vibe really wasn't for me. I mean, it's a good vibe. I'm talking about then, Mm -hmm. but now, you know, you you enjoy the vibe being there. Back then it was like, all right, it's alright, DJ. Sing. It's okay. Alright. But now being older, you I don't even think vibe was in our vocabulary
0: then. Nah, it wasn't. <laughs> Bob was the, <laughs> magazine. Was the <laughs> magazine. Bob was the magazine. That's Definitely. what it was. <laughs> that was it.
3: your vibes, so yeah. The album that's exactly what Jay said, it's exactly what it is. Um, I agree with him on the corrupt jump. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I really thought they could left Colonius so off this, too. I didn't need to hear it again. And then, you know what? I'm kind of getting in this new day and you know, age, I'm kind of getting bored with albums being shorter. So, like, I'm like, damn, this show's still
2: on, it? yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess budgets are yeah, bigger right. back then. Maybe they had bigger budgets back then or something. I yeah. They did. The okay, album
0: was like 21
1: songs?
0: Yeah, album yep. on this one, is 21 uh, songs. Chris Brown album. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. 74 minutes and 52 seconds, the runtime. So 75 minutes, it's a long It's a long album. It's Even for back then, that's a long it's a album. long album. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. It's definitely like you said, a vibe and that's what I really can describe it as. So Dave, your highlights, low lights and All anything right. else?
1: Uh, not many lowlights. Uh, of course, I don't know. Hit me off the jump because I'm a Jazzy Jeff guy. Players was my favorite beat on the joint. I could literally listen to that beat all damn day long. Uh, shout out to my boy Gusto because Get This Money is on his track. I had a good discussion with him about this joint. He was like, yo, when he was going through some things, like Get This Money really motivated him. Mm-hmm. And like, it was it was the truth. Uh, go Ladies, Go Ladies is my track. Like, I love Go Ladies. Fall in Love, of course. Hold tight. And uh, when we get to the lyricism, I'm going to tell you about Tell Me with D'Angelo. Hmm. I'm going to tell you the best verse on this album. But, okay. Um, not too many low lights on this one. I just, like I said, I just, the production, the way everything broke down was just a
0: great album. So, with me, my highlights on here. And this is the way I sort of look at albums like we talk about when albums get on run. So you have the intro, you have Conic Gardens, Conant Gardens, which is the neighborhood in Detroit where Slum Village, everybody from SV grew up in. But then you sort of get in from track number three to me, I guess, all the way you get down into, I would say, get this money. The album rolls for me until then. Like, you get the whole thing, well, I don't know. That's the track, you know, with Jazzy Jeff doing the scratching. That had a lot of different samples from the James Brown samples. It took, like, I think samples from, like, four or five different James Browns records or recordings. There's Jealousy. And then Climax. Man, like, that beat is just mm-hmm. so smooth. Just that baseline. Like, so, Jay, you know, like, when we talk about with producers, you talk about stuff like how do you do certain things? So right. it's like... How do you do that bass line, right? Like how do I replicate that in my productions? Because that's the type of bass that I'm looking for. And then the the hook with the with the girls singing and the fact that it just adds to the track. You know what I'm saying? And then the beat just sort of just really is just smooth. Like really, really smooth. Sort of like you pouring wine out of a bottle
2: into a and cup. That. And that's what I mean by with Dilla too. Like he's another he's another one that's like you, when you making beats and stuff like that it's like dang can I be that good like, You're well, never go right. I'm again? never going right I'm never going to be this good exactly yes. <laughs> yeah So I mean I already said it about Primo you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I think I said it about RZA too but like I mean yeah if I say Dilla he's another one that's why I really don't that's why I really feel he has to get the respect he deserves as a producer indeed yeah but Climax then hold tight with Q-Tip
0: tell me with D'Angelo which is just another smooth ass track what's it all about with Busta Rhymes and then when you get the fourth and back I do have to agree with y'all. I do think that that is a weak spot right there on the album. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, but then you get into Untitled. Why does Corrupt,
1: why does Corrupt, why does Corrupt get blamed
2: for that? Well, I, mean, I don't. personally person didn't blame him for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't just saying, think. Like, I don't think. I just think, it's the,
0: yeah, I just think it's the track. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's that track in particular. Overall, it's just not to the level where the other ones are for me. Then you get an Untitled, Fantastic, Fall in Love, but then Get This Money. And that beat for Get This Money is just ridiculous, man. That vocal That's sample bass. and then that bass line, like that that buzzing bass. Like I remember, Dave, we had a we had a post on Facebook a while back where people was like, if you wanted to tell someone about J. Dill's productions, what would be a beat that you would let them listen to the first one? And I think a lot of people said Get This Money, that beat, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And then to me i know dave i know this is your track but i'm actually not really a big fan of raise it up i'm not
1: raise it up hyped me though I, you know what? that's a highlight too i forgot about that too i just i'm just like i don't know if it's the fact that it was the wordplay or whatever that just caught my attention off that jump or maybe it's just the way that the bass they're like it's just like it just kind of built yeah and then like that, it's like your head just start going back and forth And they say, you know, your neck start hurting because you just, like, banging so hard. That whole beat, as we call it, like, now we're calling it the vibe. Yeah. That beat right there had a vibe.
0: Now, the funny thing about that actual track or Raise It Up, that song was a sample from Extra Dry by uh, Thomas Bankler of Daft Punk. And it was used without permission. And then Uh uh, Dilla used it and thought it would be fine, you know. But then what happened is that... Daft Punk listened to it, they happened to be fans of Slum Village, and rather than get money for it, they just asked that the group remix one of their own tracks. So then it ended up becoming a remix for Slum Village remix song of the song Aerodynamic. So mm, um true. Yeah, which, which which is a which is an instrumental track by Daft Punk. So they ended up remixing that that's a, something, you know, just a fun fact about that particular track there Yo, so, Yeah,
1: that's a, and you know that's a rarity because like if you hear somebody like taking music illegally from you they're going to try to get as much money from you as possible. Oh yeah. So True. the fact that Daft Punk actually understood how dope that dealer was and they allowed him to actually use it and then kind of like a favor for a favor that was pretty dope.
0: Yeah, remember Daft Punk, the whole thing between Daft Punk and, that, uh, and Kanye West Stronger, there was some problems around that when that came out a few years later so you know just to show you the homage that they paid they know how dope a producer the Dilla was and they were fans of the group themselves but CB4 I love Once Upon a Time by Pete Rock I think that actually might be one of the better beats to me on this album and the fact that they collaborated on this is sort of like you get a a master and student thing because you have Pete Rock who influenced Dilla and then Dilla who ended up in some respects some people say may have even eclipsed Pete Rock I'm not one of those people but Some people may think that, you know, some people may think that, but it's definitely a really cool thing to do. I have to agree with you, Dave, about players. That track, I could literally have that instrumental on repeat. (laughs) I could have that instrumental. I could have that instrumental on repeat like most of the damn day. I could sit there, drink to it, watch TV to it, smoke to it, you Mm. know. So it's it's a really cool track. Uh, If anybody remembers the video for Climax, at the end of it. That's when they had that, that's the first time that I heard that instrumental was that player's instrumental where they were all going to the uh, respective girls' houses and they ended up knocking on the doors and they're encountered with somebody who comes to the door to confront them about it. But that's the first time I heard that track. To You, For You is another one of mine's Go Ladies. And then the bonus track on the later pressing, which is Who We Are, which is the one that ended this version of the album, is actually another one of my favorite ones. And of course, Stallone because... I love Thelonious. It was one of my favorite tracks on one of my favorite albums on like Water for Chocolate. Like I said, to me, I think that Fourth and Back is a bit of a, my only, I guess, if you could say a low light, that's there. And I expected a little bit better because with Corrupt being on there, you expect things to, you know, you want, you want it, you think it's going to be good, but I thought it was just a little, it's a meh track for me. That's what it is for me, at least just for me. So, you know, but. But there we are. Lots of good stuff here on this album. Um, 21 tracks, like I said, you go through here. A lot of highlights, not really a lot of lowlights. And as we all mentioned, it is really a vibe. So now we're going to get into notable quotables. So we're going to get into some of the verses on here. There are a lot of standouts here between. And surprisingly, I think Dilla has a lot of standout verses on here. I think every one mm-hmm. of the members of Slum Village has a standout here. And I think every one of the guest spots on here had a standout verse. Uh, Busta, Q-Tip, Pete Rock, Common, of course, that verse by Common is, <laughs> is crazy. But we'll get into notable quotables. So Dave, you said you had uh, one here. You think is the best verse on the album? But well, that was with, with Tell Me, right? Yeah. All right. So what um, is it? it what's your T three? T three.
1: It was T three. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. And forgive me for this, and I know I'm probably gonna get a thumbs down for this, but I use this joint as a pickup line. T uh, <laughs> okay. three with see you, sexy girl, and also quite confident. You can sell goods and probably market it. Yo, what's up with seven digits? Can I pocket it? I want to get into your prerogative. I bet you need a lot to get monotonous. Spitting more games than an evangelist. Girl, you know you scandalous. I'm trying to get a one-on-one monogamous. Let's look into it like an analyst. I'm thinking about, can you handle this? Yeah, I'm telling you, like, I I literally memorized that whole part of the verse. Hmm. <laughs> you don't get <laughs> no girl. Oh, I didn't
3: it. use, no. Nah. Hey, listen... <laughs> I don't use nausea way. You just understand my story. <laughs> 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 Indeed.
1: I'm telling you, I listen to this. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, you could pick up any, you could pick up any girl this joint. You really listen to this joint. Like, damn, like he really spitting in these shits. Like, okay, this is dope. So that's my probably favorite verse on this joint.
0: Yeah, like. And I have to agree with you there. That is a standout. The one thing that I love about Slum Village when they do things is on the on the girl tracks on here when they're spitting game, it's real intricate some of the things that they do. Like, you know, real intricate with the verses that they spit. Even with Dilla at the beginning of the climax, you know, you ain't gotta play hard to get. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 real intricate. Nah, but that's that's a good one right there. Jay, what's your uh, notable quotable from this album?
2: I gotta keep it at T three on Jealousy. Okay, so um, mm. basically, I mean the first verse like, "Yes, y'all, I love it when you hate, and let's calculate, take it straight to straight." Take it, take it to your face or wherever you lay, or you say you fake, and we'll take shit to your face. See, in the first place, you mm. made a crucial mistake. Mm. My crew congregates just to aggravate, We'll plans to infiltrate and abbreviate. And if you think we out, oh, should we got rid of the days? Take it to another phase with the extra stage. Have you feeling the blaze of NWA? Mm. So just like yeah, we yeah. I mean, no go fire. Yeah, T nah, three got I mean, some fire like, on here, man. You know Saying like people don't catch like the cleverness of by like, using that to Take it, plastic infiltrate and abbreviate. something like just like this is going back to some of the like the intricate delivery as far as like how they pretty much like want to drop your numbers and your crew whatever so Mm -hmm. uh, what a detroit fire indeed Mm -hmm. indeed damo what's
0: your you got a notable quotable for us
3: q-tip hold tight Mm. niggas in the game is getting too slimy liable to make this peace brother turn grimy I'ma leave it in the hands of the slum now. Take it away from where it comes from now. A lot of you in the cats in the mystic business shiftless. I'll put you on the shit list. Did your intuition say to say some shit on me? I'ma just flip your ears. Yo, you hear me, B? D'Angelo, play your piano. JD, flip another beat for me. Hold tight with baton and my nigga T3. Bust the bus, watch out for who you trust. Alicia Yee. It's your blood that I bleed. Yes, fight for you, I'll give my life. It's the Umaship for real. There's no more light. It's like, oh, yeah, my nigga was going.
0: Yeah, <laughs> nah. Going in. Yeah, Tip did his thing on this, man. Um, and you nigga, you took my verse. That's the verse I was going to use. <laughs> See what happens when you give nigga an inch? They take a mile. That's what happens. They take a fucking mile. Anyway, <laughs> but that's a good one cuz that means what that means is that good minds think alike. That's what that that's what that means. That's exactly what that means. But I always have a backup. I have a backup plan. So my backup plan, of course, my notable quotable comes from Thelonious. And it comes from Common. I'm about to let my mind flow. Get your third eye poke. Fuck game, I simple dope. Ness, a nigga that's Fresh as the fest, study this rap shit, don't need to mic test, you can feel it in your chest. Yo B, I can feel it in a breast, plus you rhyme like a nigga with his nipples pierced. We lick off lyrics in the streets and real niggas hear us, dreaming when I wrote this shit. Box me if I go too wild, still doing this shit like dude in wild style, inviting whack niggas to dinner. I trick daddy MCs and I don't know, man nigga who could take it where I take it. You better go into God like Mace did. Leaving crowds mm. complacent, I move them clouds. Mm. Whether on some surf and turf shit or thug style, you can feel it in your body. Yeah, y'all, you can feel it in your body. Like if a twelve gauge shoddy shell hit your body, that verse. You know what I'm saying? He
1: said, go, you better go into God like, like Mace, me. Did. man. That it is the whole crap, Like don't hear nothing else. Just like."
0: Leaving crowds complacent. <laughs> I move them above clouds, whether on some surf and turf shit or thug style, you can feel it in your body. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> gotta love a quotable by Common, man. Gotta love a quotable con- by Common. But a lot of standout stuff on here. I actually was a fan of Pete Rock's verse on here as well. Definitely was a highlight on Once Upon a Time, which I think is one of the better beats on here as well. Now, just to talk a little bit about the reception that this, this album has gotten. There was an article by Hip Hop Wire that talked about Slum Village Fantastic Volume 2 turning 20. And they talked about a lot of the things as far as the reception for this album. What I was surprised is that they pulled a collage full of all the social media reaction to the album coming out and all the people saying stuff about it. Now, what's interesting is on this article, what you saw was so many people saying things like this was a life-changing album for them, like the album was an experience for them, and that they can't imagine that it took this long. You know, it's been this long since the album came out. And so what you saw was just a list of tweets and Instagram posts of people commemorating the 20th anniversary of Fantastic Volume Number 2. And uh, this album, when it came out, only got three and a half mics in the source. That's it. Now, at this, point, yeah, at this point, at this point, the source's credibility yeah. was damn near all but gone, at least for the most part. By the time 2000 rolled around, you know, Mm -hmm. so, (laughs) but if you look at really what the heads thought about this album, it was great. And then I think the true test of what you talk about an album is that when you see what people think about it years after it's come out. And one of my favorites on here, shout out to 12 Cal, the 12 Cal podcast, who I did a guest interview with him and feature for a review of comments like Water for Chocolate. It was a great interview. He has a great show. He was actually one of the tweets that was featured on hip hop wired and what his reaction to it was where they put, put it on there for him and shout out to Kyle. I'm shouting you out right here, brother. Just want to let you know. He said yesterday, fantastic volume number two from some village turns 20 today. It was a game changer for me. One of my first exposures to the brilliance of Jay Dilla. He was and always will forever be phenomenal. A lot of us feel that way. Because I think what helps to raise the mythology of this album is the fact is that not only is Dilla no longer here, but Botan's not here anymore either. So it really shows that after this, like Dilla left to become a solo artist. Dilla then collaborated with a lot more people, did J-Lib with Mad Lib. He also did his album Donuts, which is the classic, classic. Jay dilla album that he came out with. And then he was gone well too long too soon, man. 2006, died at 32. And um, Botan actually died three years later. And at that point in time, Slum Village really wasn't, they weren't what they were. So it, it was sort of like the dying, the death of Jay Dilla helped to propel the group into sort of fading into obscurity, even after Elzai joined them as a member. And even Dilla's uh, brother, Ila Jay, who became a member of Slum Village as well, it never really was the same after that. So yeah. this became their standout album. So now we're going to get into the ultimate test, uh, the test of time to see where this album stands out with the rest of us, man, guys, we've been through this album. Everyone's listened to it. We talked about the production talked about the lyrics. So now here's the test to find out where we stand. Is it a certified classic? It is a borderline classic. Is it a classic ingested to time or new listing? Is it not a classic? So, I'll go around and I'll get the reactions. I'll go ahead and start with you, Damo. What say you? Certified, borderline, just in this time, or not a classic at all?
3: <sighs> I'm going to go with a classic at this time. Hmm. Listening to it now, too long for me. The vibe, yeah, the production is probably going to always be classic. And like you said, it outshines the lyrics, the production does. So just for me, I ain't going to bomb it. It's a
2: classic voice time. Mm, okay. Indeed. Jay, what say you, man? I have to go ahead and say, it, say it's a classic. I mean, all things like you know, all things considered, especially my low point. Even with that, take that out of the equation. Like, <laughs> I'm st- you know, I'm still gonna rock with say it's a classic. I mean, with the lyricism, the way it was put together, I mean, and it's just Dilla. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can you, like, how can you not like? You know what I'm saying that man's production. What do you brought to the table. Dave, what's your verdict?
1: Come on, bro. Don't even ask. You know. <laughs> I got to ask. <laughs> you already know it's a classic to me. Like I said, just. There's a reason why I hyped it up so much when it came out back then and the joy that came over me listening to it again 20 years later, it, it's still there. So it's classic. To
0: me. True indeed. And I have to echo your sentiment. It's a certified classic for me. And the reason saying that it still kind of holds up for me. And um, the production-wise, yes. But then there's also things, as Jay pointed out, the lyricism, while not excellent on the level of the greatest of the greats, to me, it fits the production. And I think it's clever. You know, the lyricism is clever and fits exactly what it was they were trying to do, what Swon Village was trying to do. And when you see what it did afterwards for not just Detroit hip-hop, but hip-hop overall... This album helped to spur not only careers like Elzhi and Black Milk and other Detroit underground artists, which will become later known later on in the decade and then also in this century. But you also saw what it did as far as influencing producers from all over. And the people who looked at Jay Dilla, this was a lot of the first things they looked at to say, I bet that's who I want to make beats like. I want to make beats like that guy right there. And this was the first example to show people. Of what it did. And then looking at the perspectives that people posted yesterday. I've seen so much positive feedback. Of people who reminisced about this album. 20 years later to be like damn man. This shit has been 20 years old already. And this still is one of my favorite joints. I do have to agree with Dave. This is definitely one of my favorite albums. From this year. From the year 2000. I sort of almost lumped these two together. With Like Water for Chocolate. And Fantastic Volume mm-hmm. Number 2. If I had to put as far as like my favorite albums from this year, I would have to say this is probably in my top 10, but it may even slip into my top five from this year. But we're going to do that at the end of the year. We're going to do all of our rankings for each of the years that we're covering this year. So for 90, 95 and 2000, and I would have to say this might just slip into my top five. It's close, though. It's definitely in my top 10 for the year 2000. So there we are. Fantastic volume number two. Released June 13th, 2020 years ago. Please make sure that you go on any music provider and go check it out. And as a matter of fact, there was the deluxe to, uh, fantastic volume 2.10, which was released on the 10th anniversary. Yeah. That was released on uh, the 10th anniversary of. Fantastic volume number two. And now you can actually go and get this album available on vinyl. And I can only imagine what it what it sounds like on vinyl through a good system. So make sure you go check it oh out. Boy. Slum Village Fantastic Volume Number Two.
1: Go but, play yourselves. Go listen to this album, man. Please go get this album. You will really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And that is gonna wrap up yet another edition of the vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host, Podbean, Vault CMR.podbean.com. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to the vault classic music reviews on any of our music platforms you can go to any one of our social media pages and you can get to our link tree which gets to all of the music platforms and all of our social media handles you can get us on twitter at vault classic you can get us on instagram at vault cmr podcast and on youtube and facebook you can reach us by searching the vault classic music reviews go ahead like follow subscribe any one of those things we like to to interact with everybody here on social media we do it here all for you and of course i got to give a special shout out to my crew guys it's great to have y'all back again man well, hopefully we can keep this thing going hope everybody out there is safe i'm gonna of course uh, go around and uh, just to remember a reminder that everybody to listen to raw sex podcast it is a uh, weekly released a new episode you can get him at, at raw pod raw sex podcast on instagram and at Raw Sex Podcast, is it one on Twitter, Damo?
3: Yeah, it's one.
0: Yeah, so at Raw Sex Podcast, one on Twitter. Make sure you're checking that out. We're doing this thing weekly, still keeping this thing going. So uh, thanks, of course, to my boy DT Days, J-O, and Damo for joining me once again. The crew's back, y'all. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend. And make sure that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace.
2: Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.